Good morning and happy Sabbath. I'm so glad to be in the house of the Lord one more time. I'm so thankful for God's mercy and his grace. Let us stand this morning as we usher in the Holy Spirit and sing Sabbath rest. Sabbath, everybody. Happy Sabbath, everybody. God is good and all the time. And he is truly worthy to be praised. You may be seated in the presence of an amazing God. I'm so thankful and excited to be in God's house just one more time to worship on this beautiful Sabbath day. For this is the day that the Lord has made. Amen. And we shall rejoice and be glad in it. Regardless of what obstacles the enemy may throw at us, what darks he may throw at us, we're going to continue to press towards the mark of the higher calling. Nobody said it would be easy, amen? Nobody said that it was going to be pleasant. Nobody said it was going to be smooth. But what we do know is that he that sit on the throne is able to do all things but fail. So we worship and magnify him who created us and who made us in his image. God is so good and he is truly worthy to be praised. I thank God for prayer. Amen. Amen. For being a prayer answering God. We want to welcome you who are viewing with us online. Take a moment or two to say thank you for stopping by and sharing your time with us. We know this is the day that the Lord has made and we know that in this digital age you can click a button and be somewhere else. But you have made a conscious decision to come and worship with us today. Amen. 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 And it's a good thing that we're able to come and have this space available to worship in. Amen. Some of us are still dealing with the effects of the pandemic. Amen. Some of us are still trying to make our way back to the pew. But I'm so glad. Amen. That we are here today to be able to worship. Come on. That's right. We can worship him. We can magnify him. 
we're about to close out another month. Amen. I think next Sabbath is the last month of, of, um, of uh, May. Amen. I heard an angel in my left ear. Amen. <laughs> Amen. But we're about to close out another month, and we praise God for the month of May. Uh, many birthdays we celebrated. Um, we lost some loved ones in this month. Amen. Um, but at the end of the day, we praise, a, we worship a God that we that is worthy of our praise, and we're gonna give Him that. Amen. Amen. We're gonna give it to Him because He's worthy. Somebody say worthy in here. He's worthy, protecting us from danger, seen and unseen. The enemy didn't want none of this to take place today. I don't think you realize where you're at this morning. I don't think you realize where you're sitting this morning. But the reality is he did not want you here. That's right. He didn't want you here. But God stepped in and intervened. And God made it possible. Because there is something that God wants you to do. Amen. Not just for him, but for you. It's the thing about God, that when he does stuff for us, he don't do it just so that he can get accolades. But he loves us so much what he do it so that we can even walk around and even boast a little bit. Say, look what God has done for me. Amen. That's boasting, amen. Look what God has done for me. And so I praise God for this space. Praise God for this time of worship. Again, we want to welcome you. I'm looking out. Do we have anyone visiting with us for the very first time? Anyone? I know it. I know it. Sister Tate. I was, I was with Sister Tate the other, about a, about a few days ago, then last week or something like that. Yeah, two, about two, two days. I was able to visit with her for a minute. Amen. Amen. Such Amen. a wonderful person. Amen. I walked into the to the room. I hope you don't mind me sharing this, Sister. But you know, God is so good and so amazing. I received a text message from Sister Karen that her sister was in town and that she was in the hospital. Didn't know her. Didn't yeah. never met her before. And when I stepped in the room, she said, I've been waiting on you. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. I said, is it, it is I. You know, don't want to just walk into a strange woman's room. Amen. Uh, but she invited me in, and then she said that she wanted to make sure that the right person showed up. So she had <laughs> Sister Karen show her a picture. <laughs> <laughs> She said, look, I ain't playing around in these last days. Strange folks showing up in. I need to see who's going to come in here. Amen. And so we were able to fellowship and visit. Amen. And I told her, I said, I want to see you in church. I said, it would be a wonderful thing. And we prayed. Laid that oil on that sister boy. And she's sitting in the house. Come on, somebody. Amen. <laughs> so it's good to see you. Amen. Pray that you're feeling better. Amen. Pray that all that's behind you and that now you can move forward in what God has in store for you. Amen. Amen. As you share this time with your sister here in the booth. Amen. God is good and he's amazing. It's always good to see. Um, I, you know, I, I almost, I almost keep, I almost want to say my wife's co-worker or, or, or her supervisor. That's what I want to say. But this is to show up so many times and in so many spaces and so many places. This is family, y'all. This is family. I told her when I was at Lighthouse, she was there at Lighthouse. Right. She was at Lighthouse. 
and I and I didn't say it, but I meant to say it that I'm gonna have to let her know the next time we're on tour, because she just shows up, she shows up everywhere. So, so we, so we claim her as our own. Amen. God bless you, my sister. It's always good to see you in the house, and so we're gonna put you on the schedule. Amen. Come on, somebody. Amen. Are you are you glad to be in God's house one more time? And you know, I, I, I know my daughter's here. She's shaking her head. She's shaking her head. But you know, my daughters, whenever they come in town and whenever they're here, I just have to send a shout out to them. So Olivia, we love you. God bless you. Amen. <laughs> At this time, we're going to go ahead and move on through our service. Um, let's just bow our heads for a word of prayer. Loving Lord, our Father and God, again, we're so thankful, so blessed and honored to be here. You are truly an amazing God. Without you, we're hopelessly lost, but with you, we're more than conquerors. As we continue to worship and move in this space, we invite your presence to be with us. Thank you so much for what you've done, what you're doing, and what you're about to do in Jesus' name. Amen. Yes, um, lastly, we do want to just um, continue to love on the Harrises as we lost Lad, um, Dad Harris. Um, we want to continue to love on them. It's a Amen. blessing to see them here standing. Amen. 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 Sister Lynette, Amen. Sister Yvette. Brother, Brother Elder Paul, amen, Elder Harris, and Sister Teresa, we love you guys. We're praying for you, amen. and we're holding you up. They are in the, they're still standing, yes. still amen. standing. Amen. They could have they called in. You know how sometimes we call in? Ain't no <laughs> amen. It's good to know Jesus. At this time, we want to hear from our praise team. God bless you. Oh! 
Alexandria that needs you to call out the name of the Lord on her behalf. We also want to remember those that are battling with with bereavement, still dealing with the loss. Get over one, you have another one, and not even quite get over the one before you are hit with another. But I'm reminded that God will not put no more on us than what we're able to handle. And sometimes it seems as if that doesn't always seem to be the case. Because what you're dealing with or what you're going through is so overwhelming and unbearable. But then God hits you with something else just makes you wonder what is really going on. For the past three Sabbaths, I've showed up and even before to the church and it was some type of warfare going on. Showed up last Friday at choir rehearsal, warfare. The enemy showed itself, even this morning, warfare try to keep you off the mark. But we have to understand and know that whatever the enemy throws at you, that God has already weighed it out. And we have to allow room for God to work. We have to allow room for the Spirit of God to move. And I get it. I get it. We don't understand everything. 
It don't make sense to me why this is happening or why this person and why that person. And you're not understanding and it's not for you to understand. Can't say that enough. And I have to learn in my own trials and tribulations and in my own walk that sometimes God has to take me through stuff so that when I stand before you, I'm not speaking as a broken record. I'm not speaking from one that has read it in a book, but I'm speaking from experience. You don't know everything. And it's not for you to know everything. But it is for you to be a witness for the love of Jesus Christ. And when it doesn't make sense, when it doesn't line up, that doesn't mean that it doesn't make sense and doesn't line up for God. So we want to keep these family members in prayer, keep our church in prayer. The enemy is trying so hard on so many levels. You don't understand. <laughs> but I encourage you that as we pray, that you pray. For those that choose to come close to the altar, we do encourage you to come. For those of you that choose to remain in your seat, you can reverently kneel as we look to the Lord in prayer. It's prayer time. Father, we come. We come saying your name. But there is no other name in he under heaven, in heaven or on earth. No other name but the name of Jesus. So we come this morning, oh God, saying your name. Jesus. Jesus. You're worthy. Jesus. Father, you're so worthy. Without you, we could do nothing. Without you, Father God, we can't even think a thought. But with you, Father, we're more than conquerors. And so we come this morning asking, oh God, that you will forgive us of our sins. Asking you, oh God, that you will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And that you will allow your Holy Spirit to move mightily through our lives. And wherever we go, whatever we do that your name will be glorified so father do what you do have your way oh god let your presence be made known in this space today let us not leave here oh god the same way we came let us not move oh god without your holy spirit but let us always oh god seek guidance from heaven 
seek direction, O oh God, from the throne of God. For it is our desire to be people prepared to receive you, O oh God. Receiving you with open arms. Welcoming hearts. In that great getting up morning. Father, we have family members who are still battling with health challenges. Sister Elaine, oh God, needs you this morning. Needs you to stop by her home, stop by her chair, her bedside, whatever she's doing, oh God. Let her know that you have her in the palm of your hand as she watches this service, oh God. Have a desire to be here this morning. Father God, health wouldn't let her. But Father, we still say your name. Oh, Father, that's not enough for us to not say your name. So, Father, we want to lift up before you in a very special way, the Harris family. We ask, oh, God, that you will cover and keep them, oh, God. Just lost Mama Bodie, oh, God, and now Dad Harris. Pray, oh, God, that you will cover the family. Father, God, that you will hold them up with your righteous right hand to let them experience you through this time of bereavement. Show yourself strong. Give them courage and strength, oh God. It's a blessing to be able to see them standing and singing. Letting them know that this is not the end of it. But because of Dad Harris and Mama Bodie's life, the dedication in Christ, we know that this is not the end of the story. We know that there will be a day, oh God, when you crack the sky, when you call forth your children, the Bible says that the dead in Christ will rise first. And then we who are alive and remain will be caught up to meet you in the air. Lord Father, whether I'm dead in Christ or whether I'm one of the ones that are alive and remain, either way it go, oh God, our desire is to be with you when you come. Father, we ask you to cover the family. We want to ask, oh God, that you will be with Sister Tate, oh God, who was still battling, oh God. Cover Alexandria, oh God. Be with her husband, oh God, her children and family. Oh God, as they battle this season, oh God. There is no other name that we could call on. No other name that we can lift up. We'll get the results like you, oh God. So be with the family. Cover us, oh God, here in this sanctuary today. We pray for our online family, friends, and visitors. We pray for those that are in the physical space, those that chose to come down, and those in their pew, oh God. Thank you so much for the service. While the enemy is trying, oh God, we know that you have it all under control. So we're going to worship you like we lost our minds up in this space today. So forgive us of our sins. Cleanse us even now. We will be ever so mindful to give you the praise. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Join us. There we go. Just want to invite you to join us tomorrow at 5 p.m. for our 12 Steps to Success uh, group. Everyone's invited. And do you know that God wishes above all things that you would prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers? 
And we've been seeing some miracles happen during our group. We've seen people reaching and not only reaching their goals, but passing and surpassing their goals. So everyone is welcome. Come out and join us. If you have any goals that you want to reach, this group is for you because we're encouraging one another. We're supporting one another. We're praying for one another. Everyone is welcome tomorrow at 5 p.m. You can tape the basketball game (laughs) and just come on and join us. And uh, if you don't have the, um, the Zoom ID from Sister Karen's email or text, see Sister Lakita after service and she'll tell you. Now let me ask you, what is this all about? Backpack Sabbath, July 29th. And we want to thank everyone who's donated, uh, pens, pencils, crayons, etc. We really appreciate those who have donated financially as well. We have a lot of supplies, but we're not done yet. Okay, we're trying to fill 200 backpacks, and we have a, two big containers in back, and one of them's filled, but we have another one to fill. So this month, we're bringing in flat erasers for the kids. Now, I want to remind you, if you're at the store looking for flat erasers, and they have crayons and candy and water and markers and ink pens on sale, (laughs) go ahead and get them. Don't wait till next month. Go ahead and get them, because we need all that we can get. And again, we thank you all for your donations. The kids are going to love it. You know, many of our young kids, they don't have funds. Their parents don't have the funds to buy them supplies. And how can you learn without supplies? How can you learn to read, write, and do all those things without proper supplies? So this is our outreach effort to help those young people. Now is the time where everyone can participate. That's stewardship time. Using our time, talent, temple, and treasure. Hold on. My... uh, Oh, she wanted me to show you these are the type of backpacks we're going to get. They're see-through. You know, that's what the schools are wanting now, see-through backpacks for obvious reasons. (laughs) Sad to say, but it's helpful. And these are very sturdy. They got the pockets for water. They got the front pocket for a laptop or whatever. So your kid's going to be blessed uh, by getting one of these. Nice and sturdy, too. As I was saying, we... Stewardship is using our time, talent, temple, and treasure for the Lord. And I I was thinking this morning, I said, we don't have to look any farther for a good example of a steward, a faithful steward of God, than Elder Vivian Harris. Amen. Elder Harris was always busy for the church. I've known him about, I guess, 35 years. And all this time, he has just been faithful in time, talent, temple, and treasure using his time taking the young people skating or to the park or around the community or whatever, bringing people to church, using his talents. Now, he was an engineer by trade, right? Engineer working for the government at the Defense Mapping Agency, but he was so talented in so many different things. If the church needed electric work, there he is. Church needed plumbing work, there he is. Church needed carpentry work. There he is, just talented in all so many different ways. And he didn't mind using those talents for the Lord. That's what stewardship's about. Using his temple. Always one of the first ones out there in the streets doing God's will. Always showing up first for board meetings or business meetings. Always being one of the leaders. Not always a follower, but he followed when he needed. But he was a leader. He was active. 
He wasn't no pew warmer. He was active doing God's will. That's what God expects of his stewards. Also in terms of treasure, faithful in tithe and offering. Many of the things that our church has had over the years, whether it was uh, Meacham Park, Kirkwood, Berkeley, or here at the top, come from Brother Harris. From doing his best in serving, uh, giving his time, talent, temple, and treasure to the Lord. When we used to go out in gathering, which some of y'all never even heard of, right? <laughs> That's the opportunity where we go out and give the community an opportunity to financially support God's work. Always the first one. Getting out there, spending his efforts, his body, all the way up until he just couldn't do it anymore. That's a faithful steward. That's what we want to be. We want to use his example to be faithful in our time, our talent, our temple, and our treasure to the glory of God. Amen. Amen. Would our deacons come forward this morning to lift our tithe and offering? We thank you all for being so faithful in tithe and offering. Did you see the parking lot this morning? Amen. That's because of you. That's because of your offering. You see these bright lights blinding me up here? That's because of your offering. All of these things come because we're faithful in tithe and in offering, and God has promised to bless us as we do our part to be faithful servants of God and friends to man. Remember, you can give also through our cash app, dollar sign T-O-P giving, adventistgiving.org, or return it to our treasure. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you so much for faithful stewards as Elder Vivian Harris was, faithful, a servant of God and a friend of man. Bless us to be that type of servant, Lord, being faithful not only in tithe and offering, but in our time, our talent, our temple, as well as our treasure. Bless these offerings, dear Lord, for a worthy cause of spreading the gospel message to all the world in this generation. In the blessed name of Jesus, amen and amen. Amen. Yeah. Okay.
what you came to do today. I'm not sure why anybody walked through these doors this morning. But I'm sure, Pastor, that I have come to give God the glory and the honor this morning because he is worthy of all the praise. He's still working miracles. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. 
I'm on, amen. He's still. He's still. He's still working miracles in my life. He's still working 
miracles in my life. He's still working miracles in my life. He's still working miracles in my life. He's still, he's still working miracles in my life. He's still, he's still doing it, y'all. He's still doing it. He just did it right there. You missed it. He just did it again. Still working miracles in my life. He's still doing it. He's still doing it. He just did it again. He's still working miracles. Oh, we could stay right. He just did it again. Well, you don't understand. He just did it again. He's still working miracles in my life. Oh, my, my. He just did it again. He's still working miracles. And we didn't even ask him to. It's the God we serve. He, he moves according to how he feels. According to who he is. Whether we like it or not, he's going to do what he's going to do. And that's a blessing. We don't realize it at times, but that's a blessing that God is going to do what he knows to do. Because he knows the best way. He, just knows, he knows the best option. He knows when, when not. We don't always listen. We don't even listen to ourselves. Anybody ever knew something, you shouldn't do something, and you, you did it anyway? You didn't listen to your own self. God knows exactly what to do, when to do it. And he knows how long to allow stuff to continue. Remember, I used to think, Sister Reed, when I first became a believer, I said to the Lord, I said, you can come now. Anybody ever say, you can come now? Because you feel like you got it right now. But then God had to reveal to you, you don't have it right now. There's still some work, there are still some miracles that need to take place in your life. And so God holds back and he don't do what we feel he should. He said, I'm going to do what I know what's best for you. About like our children who come to us at 
breakfast time and want cake and ice cream. I have to be careful with that. Notice I said breakfast. I normally do mine late, real late at night. If I can tell on myself right quick, but I'm going to stick with breakfast. And we won't give that child that cake and ice cream, right? Anybody? Let me, let me take a pause. We may have one that has dished out the cake and ice cream at 8 o'clock a.m. That may be, you know, you know, nothing is 100%, right? That may be one. So I have to just do the room check and check. And did you, 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 I, did you really? <laughs> there was one. <laughs> Give them the cake and ice cream. But, but normally, amen, under normal circumstances, that wouldn't happen. So God knows exactly when to give us cake and ice cream. Come on, somebody. <laughs> and I'm so glad that he has allowed to give me mine when he did. It's a blessing to be here. What time is it? I'm not going to be here before you too long. But um, as always, I want to do what the Lord has called me to do. Listen, I have really been... Um, my mental, my mental state has really been in a good place. Um, I want to just want to testify to that right now. Um, you know, I was telling my wife just yesterday, you know, normally with me, I don't know how you deal with stress, um, but normally when I get overstressed, um, Elder Harris, I go to sleep, brother. He does that too? I cuddle up in that bed, brother, I grab those blankets. <laughs> <laughs> as if when I wake up, it's going to all be gone. <laughs> uh, um, but I sleep. And, and, and this started several years ago. Um, my wife and I, we went through a very difficult period. And I didn't know that I was under that much stress. And I literally, um, um, I literally pulled over in a church parking lot, some random church. I, 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 I was just out of it. And I pulled in that parking lot, and I don't know if they were finishing up with some type of meeting, but I parked off in the distance, and I slept for about two hours. Let my seat back and slept, and, um, and I woke up, and I felt a whole, I felt so re- revived, and, and, you know, like I was ready to go deal with that thing. And so from that moment on, whenever I get overworked or overstressed, I go to sleep. But then the other day, I told my wife, I said, you know what? I'm going to have to find another stress releaser, like not just sleeping. Um, I'm not talking eating because sometimes we get stressed out. We can eat a lot, and that's not what we want to do. Um, I, so I'm going to have to figure out. I don't know if I may start. I, I walk. I do work out. Um, I, we do puzzles as a family, so I can't just do puzzles. That's not really going to. That's a family thing. Um, but I'm going to figure it out. But I praise God, family, to be honest. With these last several weeks or so, I have really been um, just in a good place. And I praise God for that. I woke up, I woke up this morning with my mind stayed on Jesus, uh, walking and talking with my mind. I've just really been in a good place. I no stresses, nothing. If I see a number that I used to avoid, um, I just go ahead and answer it now. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> Come on now, I'm not the only one. Y'all let folk roll. Y'all know y'all roll folk over to, to the voice machine, knowing the voice machine is full. <laughs> knowing it is full. And let them just roll on over there. Let the, let the answer machine take care of it. But I've been answering calls. I haven't been ducking and dodging and dipping and sliding. Just been in a real good place. Amen. Um, and so I just pr- I praise God for that. I praise God for that. Um, we want to get into our text today. I know you didn't come to hear about that. I mean, you know, you come to hear a word from the Lord. And I believe that there is a word from the Lord. Um, I had to go deep on this, and I had, to go in, I had to go deep, but I believe that God is going to answer our prayers today. Turn with me, if you will, to the book of Genesis. Um, the book of Genesis, um, chapter 27. Genesis, chapter 27. We want to start there, and we want to um, start with verse 18. Genesis 27. We want to start with verse 18. And we'll read all the way down to verse 22. Genesis 18, I mean 27, verse 18, and we'll read all the way down to verse 22. When you have it, please stand with me and honor the reading of the word of God. Genesis chapter 27, beginning with verse 18. And the word of God declares in verse 18 of Genesis 27. So he went to his father and said, my father. And he said, here I am. Who are you, my son? But Isaac said to his son, How is it that you have found it so quickly, my son? And he said, because the Lord your God brought it to me. Verse 22 all together. So Jacob went near to Isaac, his father, and he felt him and said, The voice is the Jacob's voice, but the hands are the hands of Esau. Today, that's what we want to talk about. Those hands. Those hands. Let us pray. Father God, into your hands I commit my spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. You know, I've come to realize that we use our hands for various things. We use our hands from the aiding of giving birth to a child or bringing a child into the world. We even use our hands to even take a person's life. But God has given us hands not to rob others of their blessings, but to give worship and praise unto him. You see, when Isaac and Rebekah had been married for some 19 or maybe 20 years, 
Uh, they were still childless. They were still without child. Rebecca was still wanting to experience motherhood. And her husband Isaac in verse uh, 21 of chapter 25 uh, uh, goes to the Lord in prayer on behalf of Rebecca. Because Rebecca was barren and was unable at that point to have children. And so Jacob, I'm sorry, so Isaac uh, chose to trust in the Lord rather than his own devious devices. Uh, his confidence in God was not exercised in vain, nor did he have to wait long before faith became fact. The Lord answered Isaac's prayer, and the Bible tells us that Rebekah became pregnant with twins. Now, it's one thing to ask God for a child, but then he chooses to bless with two. And the children began to struggle in Rebekah's womb, and she became a little uneasy, probably familiar with the story. She became a little concerned, not just for herself, but even for the twins. She was a little uneasy there, perplexed and moved by signs that she seemed to indicate either personal danger to herself or either some type of danger was going on with these twins. And so here it is, we find that Rebecca does something uh, 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 that, that, that I wish that we all could follow suit. She took the matter to the Lord in prayer. Without hesitation, she rushes to consult. The text tells us in, 20, in, in, in verse uh, 22 of chapter 25 uh, 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 that she consults and she inquires of the Lord of what is going on in her womb. What's happening here? This, this is just not normal. I've never been pregnant before, but, 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 but for some reason, this feeling that I'm experiencing right now is not normal. So let me go and inquire of the Lord. And so here it is. The Lord says to her that there are twin nations, two nations are in your womb and they are, and, and, and they are warring against each other. He goes on to say that, 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 the, that the older one will serve the younger. I like what Rebecca did. She, she went to inquire of the Lord. How many times uh, when we are faced with a dilemma, uh, a setback, or, or just in need of an answer to a question, do we inquire of the Lord? Or do we inquire of others? Do we turn to Facebook? Or do we turn uh, uh, to Instagram? Uh, uh, or do we turn to YouTube? Uh, uh, or do we inquire of the Lord? 
Fast forward, the day has arrived, the moment that we've all been waiting for. It's been about nine months or so, and the pain grew more intense. And the Bible tells us that the first one on the scene is red. And his whole body was like a hairy garment, and so they named this one Esau. Afterwards, uh, uh, the brother came forth with his hand holding on to Esau's heel. And so his name was called Jacob. Isaac was some 60 years old when Rebecca gave birth to these twins. Now, if I can put a pause right there, because in 2023, I'm quite sure there are no 60 plus year old men out here who would rather who, who are ready to become a father all over again. As the boys grew. I left the women out of that because we're not, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a Sarah story right there. That's a Sarah story right there. We, we, we're going to stick with, we're going to stick with Isaac. Amen. <laughs> the Bible goes on to tell us that as the boys grew, a great difference in character became evidence. Esau displayed a rough unpredictable cara, a character, a skillful hunter, a man of the field. Now, Jacob, on the other hand, was a plain man, a peaceful man living in tents. And Isaac saw partiality for the firstborn regardless of all of the defects, regardless of all of the flaws and all of the issues that was laid before him. Isaac, for whatever reason, found favor in the oldest one. But Rebecca loved Jacob. I mean, a perfect one child above to prefer one child above another child is dangerous. It's dangerous. It will inevitably create jealousy, division, bitterness, and misery in the family. No big eyes, no little U's. I'm sure all of us that have uh, multiple children had at least one time or another, one of them came and said, am I the favorite? Anybody ever asked about the favorite? Yeah, yeah, well, we have... We have five girls and one son, and I would like to believe that every last one, I don't know, Livy, did you? I don't want to throw nobody under the bus. Don't do it. Don't do it. They say a happy, a happy wife, a happy life. Amen. But I'm going to let you know some children can, have a, can make it a little uneasy too. Rebecca saw something in Jacob. Isaac saw something in Esau. One loved this one more than that one, more catered to this one than that one. And here it is, a problem. 
So much so, see, this is why you have to be careful. I'm going to get to the story here. That's why we have to be careful because we will do things for the one that we just won't do for the other. And I, and I get it. I get it. I realize. I understand. Like I said, I have five girls. I have one son. And, 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 and there are some things that you may not do for one that you can do for the other. You may not, for example, um, I know, let me use, let me use myself. Let me use myself I don't want to pick on my babies. I love my babies. Let me, I could pick on me, all right? I could, I could talk about me. Now, as a child growing up, I was not the one. <laughs> I have to say it like that. <laughs> to give your car keys to. <laughs> I was not did I say that right? I was not the one to put your keys. Don't put them in my hand. I wasn't the one. But I have other siblings that, 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 that it would do well to place those keys in their hand. Even as a child growing up, um, I'm Sister Bev, I'm a, I'm a little better now than I was back then. But, but I was not the one. To have in your kitchen. Come on, somebody. (laughs) I wasn't a cook. I was not that child. (laughs) I was not that child. I was not the one. uh, uh, So there were certain things. There were certain gift sets. There were certain certain things that I was able to do. But then there were some things I couldn't do. Does that mean that the one that could do it was better? No. It just means that you can't. But in this story here, this wasn't the case. This was, un, uh, this was just straight out favoritism. This was just straight out picking one over the other. Why am I saying that? I need you to understand that God is no respecter of person. God is no respecter of person. And so one day Jacob cooked this meal of lentil. Esau came in from the field very hungry and and said to Jacob, let me have some of that red pottage for I am faint. And Jacob replied, first sell me your birthright. Are we going in now? Sell me your birthright. And in having the birthright, great respect was paid, not just in the household, but as the family winded into a tribe, this grew into a sustainable authority. So this birthright really had a lot of weight. It wasn't just for the moment. But there were some things that would come as a result of having the birthright that Esau couldn't see at that moment. Couldn't see it. The birthright meant priesthood in the family, double portion of the property, and the succession of the official authority of the father. Esau wasn't seeing all of that. All Esau saw was a simple birthright. 
why family of God, we have to understand our position as children of the living God, that we're not just here uh, uh, just for show, but there is something that comes with the title Christian. There's something comes with the title of believer. It's not just Jesus died for me. There is some power that comes when you call on that name and you as a believer have a level of authority and a level of power that the enemy want to keep you blinded to. And so we don't handle the birthright correctly. We misuse it. We, we treat it about like how Esau, selling his birthright. The reality is, family of God, we sell our birthright every time we go against the will of God. We sell our birthright every time we fall back into that temptation. Every time we go backwards, we find ourselves selling the birthright. But here is the problem. Here, here is the issue here. Because Esau despised the birthright. And in doing so, he proved himself to be godless. Since at the heart of the birthright were the, what was the covenant promise that Isaac had inherited from Abraham. So in having the birthright, this was something that was passed down. And Esau despised it. Didn't want to have nothing to do with it. It was too much like the Sabbath. I, 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 you know, you grow up in the church. You raised in the church. You, you, you brought up under the things of God. But somewhere along the way, uh, the birthright, the Sabbath, Christianity, doing the things that God has called you to do is just not appealing anymore. It doesn't excite me anymore singing in the praise team. I'm not excited about the birthright, the birthright. We've lost the birthright. We don't care for it like we used to. We all have stories. We all have stories of when we were children growing up. I hear it all the time. I hear it all the time of individuals talking about how when they were a child, they sang in the choir, went to cradle roll. When we were children, we did this and we did that. But oh, what happened in the adult years? The birthright is not as important anymore. Could it be like Esau? We never understood the birthright. We never understood the position that God has placed us in. Isaac made known to his sons these privileges and these conditions and plainly stated that Esau as the eldest was the one entitled to the birthright. But yet Esau had no love for devotion, no inclination to the religious life. The requirements that accompanied the spiritual birthright were an unwelcome and even hateful restraint unto him. In other words, it bothered him to the core. And you may know how know some individuals that just to talk about Sabbath, just to bring up church, it bothers them now. Don't want to talk about it anymore. As a matter of fact, when they see you coming, they dip and go the other way. Esau despised it. But I praise God 
The law of God, which was the condition of the divine covenant with Abraham, was regarded by Esau as a yoke of bondage. To him, power and riches, feasting and reveling was his happiness. That was his happy place. And Rebecca, Rebecca, she saw Jacob as this child that was entitled to the birthright. You see, it's one thing to inherit the family business and wealth, but it is quite another to inherit the family blessings. Isaac valued his God more than his life, which he demonstrated as a boy by laying down on Abraham's altar. But for Jacob to receive his father's cherished blessing from God would mean that he had to receive his father's heart. But he had to look like Esau in order to do it. Isaac was so in, in love, was so, was so into Esau, where it, that Jacob was a blur. That's why if I can put a pen right there, we have to be careful, family of God. We kind of put our children, not saying it's right. But you're forcing their hand. You're making them make moves and do things that is against their character. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, we all have a choice to make. But even the Bible says, do not provoke your children. I know you say, you know, that's on them. What have you done? That's on them. No, no, no. What have you done as a parent to aid them in the decisions and the choices that they've made? What was it about your decision making? Sometimes we look at our babies and we wonder why, 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 uh, uh, not why. <laughs> What have you done? So after, after, after preparing this meal, Rebecca, Rebecca goes to Jacob. She begins to share some things with him. You see, you see, when Isaac was old, he called his firstborn Esau to give him the sacred blessing. But Rebekah, who was listening to Isaac's directions, immediately set about subverting and frustrating his plan. His wife. Her favorite son, Jacob, already had the birthright. He already had that. Huh. But she was determined that, 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 that he should receive the blessings as well. So the birthright is not enough. I need the blessings. It's not enough to just be labeled as the first. I want the blessings that come with being the first. And so she could not risk waiting for God to work out his plan in his own way. 
Now, I read this, I looked at this, and it just threw me for a loop because here it is at one moment we find Rebecca, this woman of God, amen? This woman that, that, that was about prayer. I'm going to God in prayer, seeking guidance from God when she found that there was something going on in her womb with these babies. She didn't know what was happening, and the first thing she did was she prayed. Why didn't she pray and ask God about this situation? Well, why is it, family of God, that we pick and choose when we want to go to God in prayer? Why is it, family of God, that we decide I'll pray on this one, but then I'll pray on that one? I'll let God deal with this, but then I'll deal with that. Why, why is it, family of God, that we pick and choose when we want God to step in? Rebecca stood on the outside, and I said it before, I'll say it again. You know when you're doing something wrong. You know when you're doing something that you shouldn't be doing. For her to be on the outside, she was sneaking. And if sneaking is a normal thing in your, in your life, I'm going to ask you to see me immediately. Immediately, because if you are comfortable sneaking, if sneaking isn't, if you don't feel some kind of way, come on now, family. You got a lot of folk that got you wear. Uh, okay, let me start about the. I'm about to talk about them tennis shoes that we keep in our. You know, you you switch shoes on me because you don't want me to hear you coming. Rebecca was sneaking. She was, she was on the outside of the tent and she was listening in. You know you're wrong. You know you're wrong. Eavesdropping. I don't care if you want to uh, 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 pretty it up in 2023 and call it ear hustling and make it sound all nice and, and cool. And yeah, I'm just ear hustling. I'm just ear hustling. Now you're sneaking around and you're being shysty. There's one thing I don't like is shysty folk. You can't trust them. You can't trust them. They show you, they show you one face, and then they, then they flip it on you, and then they have another one. Uh-uh, no, I can't, I can't be around those kind of folk because, see, I just have one face now, Elder. I done, I done got rid of that other one. I only have one, and I can't play with folk that got more than one because it's uneven, it's uneven, it's uneven. You need one, I got one. Everybody need one. If you got two and three faces, you can't play with this club. You got too many faces. That's, you need to go to the three club face. Um, you need to go to that one. This club is only for the one face. The one, not two face, no, uh, the one face. <laughs> Lord, let me get back to you. Lord, get me back, bring me back, reel me back. And so after preparing the meal, after, after Rebecca ear hustled, <laughs> after she eavesdropped, after she didn't got all the tea, she went back and prepared this meal. And here it is. She put Esau's best clothes on Jacob, took the skin of the camel goat hair and placed them on his hands. And here it is, Jacob going right along with it is they in cahoots 
I'm not one time in the text, and I don't want to eisegete the text. I want to exegete it. Not, not, not one time did I hear Jacob say, Mama, uh-uh, you know this ain't right. Mama, you know, if daddy found, no, no, mama, no, 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 no. He would probably uh, put a little bit over here and put a little bit over there. How does this sound? Do I sound like him? Do, do, put, put, put the smell on me so I can smell like him. Dressing him up to look like him. Many times we dress up to look like, okay, let me get back here. Now began the strange and awkward interview between the father and his son. Who art thou, my son? The voice is Jacob, but the hands are the hands of Esau. Jacob even declared that Jehovah, God, your God, daddy, help me to make this preparation with speed. And after lying to his father, he planted a false kiss upon his face. Kissed him. The lengths that we will go to and the things that we will go through to convince folk that your wrong is right. We will go above and beyond. I remember when I was young, I used to tell, I used to tell fibs. <laughs> and I remember my daddy used to tell me, he said, son, you, you, when you tell one lie, you're going to have to tell another lie to cover up that lie. And I felt like I had it down. I figured I could remember the story. My dad was smooth. My daddy would flip that thing around. He would ask you the same question 13 ways. <laughs> and I remember one time I got in trouble, and I'm going to tell this story here. I got in trouble trying to fix it up, and, 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 and I, I, I lied, and, I, and, I, and, and, I, and he took me downstairs, and he, and he, and he, and he got a hold of me real good. He brought me back upstairs, elder. He set me at the table, and, 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 and he had me. Because what I did was, I don't really want to tell this part. I don't want to give nobody no idea, so I'm going to leave that part out. But let me tell you this. After about three trips downstairs, they say the truth will, what they say, the, the truth will. And once I got free, he took me back downstairs again to make sure that I was for real free. Needless to say, I never done that again. Jacob looked his daddy in the face and lied to him and went as far as to even kiss him to try to seal the deal. It is I, daddy. It is I. 
The bewildered father now puts Jacob to a severe test. He feels him, but discerns him not. The ears know that a difference, but the hands feel the hairy skin resembling Esau, and the eyes gave no testimony because at this point, Isaac was going blind. His eyesight was failing him, and so he had to rely on other senses, mainly the fact that his son wouldn't lie. I believe my baby's going to tell me the truth. I believe if I ask them, as difficult as it may be, they're going to tell me the truth. They're not going to lie to try to cover it up. They're going to say, yes, daddy, I did it. Then I have to put a pause right there and ask the question, Brother Mike, because if I didn't do it when I was a child, why in the world will I expect them to do it in 2023? And the reality is we expect them to do things that we didn't do, wouldn't do, and weren't going to do when we were coming up. Now, you know mama told you don't, but you did it anyway, didn't you? And then you flip it around and talk to your babies and you tell them don't. And when they do, you got a big problem. Now, now you're going into third gear. And I'm trying to understand, well, you didn't do it when you was... 13. And if times are harder now, you don't know what they up against. There is a level of understanding. I'm getting into the parenting now. Uh, uh, there is a level of understanding that we have to have with our children. There has to be a level of understanding and a level, especially in 2023. And I know I get it. I still have some in that age bracket. So I'm not talking off in left field somewhere. I'm telling you what I know. Because at the, at the end of the day, they're going to do what they're going to do. Why? Because you did what you did. Let's not get all super sanctimonial up in here now that you found the Lord. Now all of a sudden you good. I'm on my way to glory land. Why don't you? Why didn't you? You yours go back and look at the tape <laughs> Jacob went in and openly lied to his daddy and Isaac, Isaac tried to do everything took him through these series of tests touching him trying to discern the voice and all he could think of at this point was this was my son I've come to the conclusion Isaac gave Jacob his blessings in three parts he embraced him not only that he praised him and then Isaac goes on and prayed for him he blesses him this was an extraordinary blessing. The providence so ordered that Isaac should bestow it upon Jacob arrogantly and by mistake. And here it is. The angel, the Lord already spoke to Rebekah. The Lord already declared to her that the younger, that the older is going to serve the brother. This was already foreshadowed. This was already, already laid out before the boys even came on the scene. 
God had already said that this was going to happen. The question is, would it have happened if Rebecca and Jacob had kept their hands out of it? Or was the angel saying because of what they did, what they did, or what they were going to do, this will determine the older serving the brother. Well, there's another story. I'm not going to go into it. And you know that story, the story of Joseph who received the dreams that his sheaves grew taller than his brother's sheaves and that his brother's sheaves bowed down to his sheaves. But here it is. And, 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 um, and um, 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 Rebecca and Jacob's story, they interfered. In Joseph's story, he was just doing what God called him to do. This was a vision that God had shown him. But in this case, this is here is interference. And so, God steps in. God moves mightily. Because now as, as Jacob is in the tent, and I can imagine as Jacob is in this tent, and, 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 and I can imagine him, him praying and hoping that Esau don't show up. Esau now uh, uh, returns. Jacob has now been blessed. Joseph, uh, 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 Jacob has now been blessed. Isaac has now bestowed the blessings upon uh, Jacob. Jacob leaves the tent just in the nick of time because now comes Esau. Esau comes into the tent excited about the kill, excited about what he has, expecting his father to bestow the blessing upon him, forgetting that he has sold his birthright already, not understanding that you have already displayed a level, a, a, a level of, of, um, of, um, of um, unconcern about the position of the birthright. Now, here it is. You want the birth, you want the blessings, but not the birthright. And the way it is set up, you can't have one without the other. Esau shows up. Esau comes in. He, he, he's covered. Uh, uh, with the, uh, he, he comes in. He speaks uh, to his daddy. He lays his, um, his um, keel out before him. He asks about the blessings, uh, want daddy to pray, and the daddy is now bewildered. Who, who, who are you? I'm Esau, your favorite. I'm Esau, your son. Wait a minute, Esau, you was just in here. I just prayed the blessings upon you. Wait a minute, daddy, what do you mean? You didn't pray the blessings upon me. Oh, oh yes, Esau, I prayed the blessings on you already. Daddy, how could you have prayed the blessings on me when I was out in the field? Well, well, well who was it then that came in here? It had to have been that Jacob guy. We have to be careful, family. Jacob, Jacob, Esau, Esau uh, are now begging his daddy for, for, for just some type of blessing. And his daddy had to let him know, I have nothing to give you. I, 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 don't, I gave it all away. I have nothing left. 
all, uh, I gave it to your brother. Esau hereby was cut off from the expectation of that special blessing, which he thought to have preserved to himself when he sold his birthright. And if I could put a pen right there, family of God, you see, that's what set the tone. That decision right there. So when, so when Rebecca, I would like to believe that when Rebecca was having that conversation with the Lord on that day and the Lord began to reveal to her that the, that, 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 that the older brother will serve the younger. You see, the Lord looks beyond the now. He sees the end from the beginning. God knows exactly how that thing is going to play out. And because Isaac, I mean, because Esau sold the birthright, that opened the door up for all the other stuff to come flooding through. And so here it is. Those who lift up hands in wrath Lift them up in vain. Esau, instead of repenting of his own foolishness, reproached uh, 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 reproached his brother, unjustly charged him with taking away the birthright. How dare you, Esau, get mad at your brother for taking something that you clearly sold? And now that the light bulb has come on and you can see the damage that you've done, now all of a sudden, it's not on me. No, 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 no. It's on you. Instead of repenting, he blamed his brother. And he began to conceive malice against him for what he had done And the reality is, he didn't take ownership of what he done. You want Isaac, you want Jacob to take ownership of what he has done, but you don't want to take ownership of what you've done. You want him to repent, but you don't want to repent. You want them to say, I'm sorry, but you don't want to say, I'm sorry. Ecclesiastes put it like this, and I'm about to wrap this up. For a man also knoweth not his time. As the fish taketh in an evil net, and as the birds that are caught in the snare, so are the sons of men snared in an evil time when it falls suddenly upon them. The reality is, family of God, we're in a net. You see, when you are caught in a net, Uh, Someone else has control over your freedom. You see, when you are caught in a net, it's very uncomfortable. When you are caught in a net, when you can't choose to swim as you please. You see, when you are caught in a net, you choose your choice to be your choices become few. But I'm so glad that just because I might be caught in a net and my choices are few, I still have a choice. We are always free to choose. And and Esau made a choice 
to sell his birthright. Jacob made a choice to manipulate and lie to his daddy. Rebekah made a choice. Esau made a choice. And family of God, I declare to you today that every last one of us in here has made a choice. Whether it was good or whether it was bad, it was your choice. Own it. Own it. You lived a certain way, and now your life is, and now you, you, you are reaping the benefits on it. Because everything is in God's hands. That's why we have to trust him. The one who is co-equal and co-eternal with God the Father. Uh, we have to trust him, the creator, the sustainer, and the infinite center of heaven and earth. We have to trust him, the one who was born of a virgin in Bethlehem barn. We have to trust him, the one who lived a perfect, righteous, and impeachable life without spot or blemish. We have to learn how to trust him. Trust in him, the one who, prefer, who, who performed miracles over sickness, over demons, over nature, and over death itself. We have to learn how to trust him. Trust him, the one who spoke like no man has ever spoke with truth and wisdom and with authority. Trust him, the one who rose physically, historically, and gloriously lives for him. We have to learn how to trust him. Trust the one who sits at the right hand of the Father making intercession for us. We have to trust him. The one who is to return at, the, at a moment of a twinkling of an eye. We have to trust him. Because if we're ever going to be faithful and trust in Christ, you have to go, you have to, uh, you, you have to understand that we have to warn and teach. You see, if we're going to become a mature Christian, our faith experience to become more than just a shout, we have to warn and we have to teach. We got to warn and teach. We got to explain truth and expose error, warning and teaching. We've got to feed the sheep and fight the wolves. We got to warn and we got to teach. We got to show them where they got it wrong and help them to get it right. We got to warn warn them and we have to teach them. Being a part of the body that is chiefly employed in active service, the hand is used in scripture with great uh, a variety of explanation. You see, hands are the symbols of human action. Pure hands represent pure action and unjust hands represent unjust whereas hands covered with blood denotes action stained with cruelty washing the hands was a symbol of innocence the hand in general was a symbol of power strength and especially the right hand and so when we look back at this story when we look back and we see this story, we can see hands that are used for preparing stew for deception. 
We see hands that were used for being uh, uh, for hunting wild game. We see hands that lay wait outside of a tent and dressing up one son to deceive his own father. We can even see hands that played the role of someone else in order to receive what would have been given had patience been displayed. Hands that plan long and hard to get what is. It wants. We see hands. See hands that are behind the scene, those hands building up when we tear down. We see hands behind the scene, uh, hands that hold us, uh, hold us tight when others push us away. We see hands that, that, that will give you comfort when you are comfortless, joy when you're sad, pick you up when you're down. Those hands uh, came down from heaven and were mothered by a woman who knew no man. Uh, those hands uh, healed the sick uh, and raised the dead. Uh, those very same hands uh, were laid down, a led down a dusty road, uh, received a crown of thorns. Uh, they placed those thorns uh, on the head of this man, uh, led him a little bit further where they took spikes uh, and drove them into to his hands. They hung him high, stretched him wide. For me, he died. They hung him and he took those nails for you and I. But on the third day, oh yes, the story goes on because on the third day, he rose with all power in those hands. Those hands are, are the hands of God that is still working things out for his good. Those hands that are still here ready to embrace you right now. Those hands, through those hands, those, those hands that God has laid out for you. But through those deceiving hands of Jacob will come the nail-marked hands of Jesus Christ. Christ came that all may have life, and those hands will come and take his people home again. Are you glad about those hands? Oh, I can't wait to see those hands. I can't wait to wrap my hands in his hands. Because it's those hands. I'm talking about the hands of the one who can save you from the sin-sick world. And those same hands are stretched wide open to receive you today. The question is, will you trust your life in those hands? Will you place your life in the hands of Jesus? Those hands, those hands that were stretched out for you, those hands that took the nails for you, it was those hands that while he did all of that, he said, I'm still ready to hold you and embrace you. I'm still, re I'm still ready to take those same hands and even your hands and help you get them clean. I'm here to help you do that because I understand that that while your hands are, are human hands, 
and my hands are holy hands. If you place those human hands in my holy hands, I can transform those hands and make them into mighty hands. I don't know about you, but I want to be in his hands. I want Jesus to take me, hold me, move on me, draw me close to him. Because at the end of the day, he's coming with those hands. If you want to see him coming in the clouds, I'd ask you to stand with me. And if you had not made Jesus your personal Lord and Savior, and you have a desire to do so, I invite you to come and place your life in those hands. Is there one? about to pray his hands are waiting his hands are stretched wide amen Let us pray. Loving Father, our God and Savior, thank you so much for another Sabbath. Thank you for those hands. Thank you, Father, for stretching your hands out as an act of surrender. Not only that, Father, you stretched them out wide, as wide as you possibly could trying to make room for the world to come unto thee to embrace care for Lord you are the, you are the alpha you are the omega and it's those hands that we are awaiting to see in that great getting up morning looking for the nail scarred hands looking for the hands of Jesus. But until then, God, if you choose to wait a little while longer, I ask, oh God, that you will still guide us with those hands. Shield us with your righteous right hand. There may be somebody here, Father God, that is in need of you in their life. I pray, oh God, that you will direct them to, your, to those hands. I ask that you will move upon them in a very special and loving way that they will put their hand in your hand. Thank you so much for what has transpired in this space. Bless us and keep us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Can we put our hands together and worship God? Truly, we thank God for that beautiful message, Pastor. Reminding us that there are no better hands to be in than in the 
hands of Jesus. Amen. Let us bow our heads for benediction. Father God, we're so thankful, Lord, for those hands, Lord, that are pierced for our, for our redemption, Lord. Now, Lord, we pray that we will commit ourselves and lives to you, Lord, Father. Now, as we leave this place, help us never to leave your presence. Now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you and give you peace both now and forevermore in the church said together. Amen. Amen. Yeah.